Last week, we broadcast the 300th program of Christ in Prophecy. This week, we want to celebrate that accomplishment by taking a look back at some of the highlights of our last 100 programs. Now, some of what we have to share with you will amuse you. Some will inspire you. We hope all of it will be a blessing to you. Please stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. We are celebrating our 300th broadcast of this program last week. Our 200th program was broadcast in July of 2006, and since that time, we have tried to provide you with a great variety of programs. Some have been videotaped in Israel, including programs about Jerusalem, the Galilee, Israel's 60th anniversary, and prophecies being fulfilled in Israel today. We have had the privilege of interviewing many fascinating people like Ron Carlson, Christendom's foremost expert on cults and world religions, James Walker of Watchman Fellowship, a former Mormon who is also a cult expert, Dr. Charles Love, a Los Angeles pastor who is a former Jehovah's Witness, and Dr. Charles Ryrie, the renowned author of the Ryrie Study Bible. We presented a whole series of programs about Messianic Judaism. We were greatly blessed to begin that series by interviewing Joel Chernoff, the president of the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America and the originator of Messianic Jewish music. We also interviewed his colleague, Ted Pierce, who is one of the foremost writers and performers of Messianic Jewish music. And we presented a whole program of glorious music by Marty Getz, a modern-day psalmist. Another series we presented, and one that proved to be very popular, was three programs about the nature and meaning of heaven, including one about whether or not we will see our pets in heaven. I really enjoyed that program as I interviewed three dogs and one cat. We did many teaching programs together with some of my Bible prophecy colleagues. For example, Don Perkins and I talked together regarding the charting of Bible prophecy, as well as several other topics. Don is the founder of According to Prophecy Ministries in San Diego, California. I was also joined at times by Don McGee of Crown and Sickle Ministries in Amit, Louisiana. Don is the man we call the Raging Cajun. We always receive letters from folks asking how Don keeps the glasses on the end of his nose. And then, of course, there was my colleague Gary Fisher, founder of Lion of Judah Ministries in Franklin, Tennessee. Gary is always a lot of fun to work with as he shares his Tennessee witticisms. Occasionally, we would present excerpts from sermons I have preached, most of which were presented at Stealing the Mind conferences held all across the United States. Two in-depth series of programs covered Psalm 2 and the Seven Churches of Revelation. I was joined by two colleagues, Dennis Pollock and Don McGee, when we presented a series of five programs about the seven churches of Revelation. With regard to Psalm 2, I preached through it verse by verse during a series of three programs. Finally, we presented a series of programs about the artistic expression of Scripture. Two of those programs focused on the songs of Robin Mark, the gifted songwriter from Northern Ireland who composed the song, Days of Elijah. Another of the artistic programs featured the paintings of William Hallmark, one of Christendom's most gifted painters. And throughout all these programs, we attempted to bless you with the singing of Jack Hollingsworth of Acts 29 Ministries. 
When preparing Jack's songs for broadcast, I never ceased to be amazed over the creativity of our video editing team made up of Don Gordoni, Larry Watts, and Trey College. Did you know that our rule of thumb for producing a program for you is that it takes one hour of editing for every minute we record? Thus, this program, which runs 28 minutes and 30 seconds, normally requires a minimum of 30 hours of editing. That time is required for the insertion of graphs, charts, animations, photos, and video footage. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. We stood Jack Hollinsworth in front of a green screen and had him sing that marvelous song, We Shall See Jesus. Here's a portion of that song illustrating what our talented media crew can produce. But There is no 
Wasn't that incredible? I praise God for Jack Collinsworth and for our wonderful crew of video editors. You know, folks, as I thought back over the past 100 programs we have produced, two segments immediately came to mind that I want to share with you again. The first is from one of our interviews with Charles Ryrie. The second is from our program about pets in heaven. Here is Charles Ryrie talking about the nature of the times in which we are living. Well, let me, let me get to uh, the question that so many people have sent in, and that question is this. Do you believe that we are living in the season of the Lord's return? Yes. Now, people all through the ages have expected the Lord to return in their generation. That was true in the first century. It was true in the, uh, um, well, let's see, the uh, 16th century. Uh, people identified the Antichrist usually as one of the reigning popes, but they were looking about the future. It, it was true at the uh, time the pilgrims came. One of their motivations to leave Holland was that they thought the millennium was right. about to happen and they were going to be a part of the of the people who uh, uh, conquered evil. And it was true when the first atomic bomb was exploded. I don't know how many articles I read mm -hmm. uh, saying that uh, this is the fulfillment of Revelation 16, mm -hmm. the judgments described under the seals in that chapter. Mm -hmm. But there are things that are true today that were not true uh, 60 years ago. Well, I would say a hearty amen to that. And what would you point to? Well, I just happen to have an object lesson. Do you believe in object lessons? <laughs> I do. I love them. <laughs> I do, too. First book I ever wrote was for children. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Well, here's an object lesson. This is... A 20-shekel... A 20-shekel bill. From Israel. Shekel. Shekel. Doesn't that ring any bells? Yes, it does. Right on the Bible. <laughs> right on the Bible. But that's not, a, that's not an old bill. No. That was printed in Israel. That's the currency of Israel. Israel. Now, if the Antichrist was going to make a treaty with Israel, as the Bible says, 60 years ago, where would he have gone to do it? Answer, London. Because Palestine was under the control, after the Second World War, of Britain. Where could he go today? Jerusalem, mm -hmm. the parliament, the buildings there, the, the, the uh, uh, area of the government offices is in Jerusalem. So the existence, the continued existence of the nation Israel for 59 years now is something that's very, very significant. And you know, Dr. Ryrie, it thrills me to death to go back and uh, read books written in the 19th century that uh, say very clearly... The Bible says that in the end times, God is going to regather the children of Israel in unbelief from the four corners of the earth and reestablish them in that land. And uh, there are books in the 19th century saying this. Yeah. The Puritans said it 400 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And people laughed and scoffed and ridiculed, and yet that, that's what happened. Well, the, the, the nation is, or the existence of it, is an embarrassment to replacement theology. Because oh, sure. they don't think there's any future for Israel. <laughs> i got another one here. All right. Yeah, I'll let you tell them what that is. Oh, that's a 10 uh, euro. Yeah, that's a uh, euro bill. Yes, a euro. 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 Can you imagine <laughs> France giving up its francs 
and German giving up its marks, and Italy giving up its lira, and Greece giving up its drachmas, and all of them using the euro, and that that unity, that financial unity, that banking unity took place in less than two years. I love object lessons, and that was a great one. And now I'd like to share a segment from one of our programs about heaven. The specific program was entitled Pets in Heaven. I dealt with the often asked question, will we see our pets in heaven? And on that program, I interviewed three dogs and one cat. One of the dogs was a black dachshund named Molly. Here is that interview. Molly has a very, very special trick. She does. She's... She's a born-again dachshund. A born-again dachshund. Now, that's some, I wonder what in the world that means, a born-again dachshund. Well, I'm sure she'd be happy to show you. Okay. Well, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break here, and then we're going to move this table out, and we're going to let uh, uh, Molly perform her trick right here. Okay? Okay. All right. Molly, are you ready to do your trick? I hope so. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, now we're ready for Molly. Molly, are you dead in your sins? Does Mohammed save? Does the Pope save? Can Molly save herself? Can Dave save you? Jesus saves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Molly, you are something else. You really are an evangelistic dog. (laughs) Well, uh, you taught her that. Taught her took about ten and, minutes. And what uh, in ten minutes? <laughs> and what was your, what was your idea behind this? Well, we have uh, had to move a lot with Steve's job, and my husband's a locomotive engineer, and we've always had people coming in to hook up utilities or do some yes. repair works. And um, I uh, take First Peter three fifteen to heart. It says, "Sanctify Christ in your heart." and be always ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. Yes. And so uh, there's been two things that the Lord has provided for us a way to witness, and that's one through Molly and through, uh, you know, people always ask you about children. So when you have a workman come to your home and you just say, hey, I want to show you a trick that my dog can do. That's right. And then you can take off from there and just uh, share the gospel with them. Exactly right. Molly, the evangelistic dachshund. (laughs) What a dog. Well, before we continue looking back over the past 100 programs, let's pause for another song by Jack Hollingsworth, a song which will once again demonstrate the editing creativity of our media crew. They began by shooting Jack singing the song on the lawn of our headquarters with only one prop, a grandfather clock. Then they interwove this footage with footage from two other sources, a video about the rapture produced by a church in Australia and a video produced by a Messianic congregation in Tel Aviv, Israel. Here now is Jack Hollinsworth singing the song, 1159. Time is winding down, just look around us. Evil's breaking loose on every side. The devil knows his time is almost over. Soon the clock will stop and Jesus Christ will split the sky. Shout it from the rooftop. Proclaim it in the street Tell 
your friends and neighbors Tell everyone you meet We all need a Savior But we're running out of time He's coming back at midnight It's 11.59 God's prepared a place for all his children. Free from fears and doubt, tears and pain. We must choose our destination. You know there's just one way to heaven. Jesus is his name. from the rooftops proclaim it in the street tell your friends and neighbors tell everyone you meet we all need a savior but we're running out of time yes he's coming back at midnight it's 11.59 Then at the right hand of the Father He'll soon stand to his feet And his son go get the children And bring them home to me So let's shout it from the roof Proclaim it in the street Tell your friends and neighbors Tell everyone you meet That we all need a Savior But we're running out of time Yes, he's coming back at midnight it's 11.59. Church, Jesus is coming back. Time as we know it is almost over. He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. One who's ready to go. It's almost midnight. It's 11.59. Wasn't that powerful? Thanks to Jack and to our media crew. You know, folks, one of the persons I enjoy most when it comes to making TV programs is my former colleague here at Lamb & Lion, Dennis Pollock. Dennis served with me as an associate evangelist for 12 years before God called him to establish his own ministry, which is called Spirit of Grace. But he continues to make television appearances with me, and I tell you, I always look forward to them because he has such a great sense of humor, and he always uses vivid, memorable illustrations to make his points. Here are a couple of examples from recent programs. Give us some examples of great intellectuals who thought they had the answer to all the world's problems. Well, I'll, I'll do that. Let me start by saying that, you know, when you study philosophy, you pick up a few things. 
So, you know, as I've studied these different philosophers, I, I've learned something. I want to share with you and with the audience one of the great lessons I've learned, okay? Okay. So, you know, uh, for example, Sartre taught that action makes the man. Now, you're talking about Jean-Paul Sartre? Jean-Paul Sartre oh, okay. said that our actions really define who we are. So his idea was you do and then you become. But many other philosophers, and, and the French were, were the ones that kind of threw this back and forth, have said it was just the opposite. That what you are becomes what you do. So in the, 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 the intellectuals of France, it was either be and then do or do and then be. But actually, there was an American philosopher that saw that whole dilemma. Yeah? Yeah. You, you probably have never heard of him. His name is Frank Sinatra. And oh. he said, do, be, do, be, do. <laughs> So now that we've got that out of the way, okay. the young people don't have a clue what I was just talking about. They're saying, who is Frank Sinatra and what is Doobie Doo? Get, get the uh, oldies CD. <laughs> Well, folks, as I said at the beginning of the program, Israel is celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. The independence of the state was declared on May the 14th, 1948, which on the solar lunar calendar that the Jews use was the 5th of Eeyore. This year, the 5th of Eeyore will fall on May the 8th. Some Christians consider the reestablishment of Israel to be the greatest miracle of modern history and the surest sign that we're living in the end times. But the vast majority of Christians, both Catholic and Protestant, would argue that there was no spiritual significance to the event and that, in fact, it was just an accident of history. So, which is it? A miracle of God or an accident of history? How about it, Dennis? What do you think? <laughs> Well, Dave, when you ask that question, you make me think about monkeys. <laughs> you, you've, hold on. You've heard the classic illustration. Usually it has to do with the idea of uh, how could uh, life have come from nothing. Oh, yes. And they, 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 they use the illustration that if you had a, a certain number of monkeys typing randomly at, at typewriters, yeah. uh, what are the odds that they could eventually come up with the complete works of William Shakespeare? Yeah. And, of course, the odds are zero. It's just not going to happen. But there are people who believe there are yeah, people, if you give that monkey enough time, you know, sooner or later he'll hit it. One guy figured out that if you had 17 billion galaxies, each with 17 billion planets, each planet with 17 billion monkeys, given 17 billion years, they couldn't even come up with to be or not to be. That is the question, let alone the complete works. So, so now, well, how does this relate to Israel? The, the point is, it would take, it has taken so many miracles for Israel to come into existence. The, the odds are just, just, sheerly uh, it's beyond comprehension that this could happen number one it's never happened before in the history of the planet that a people has has lost their nation has been scattered over the earth and suddenly been restored and come back into their own homeland and created a new nation so uh, you look it, it, it wasn't just a miracle it was Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. It was, the mere, it was, mere preservation of the Jewish people. Exactly. I mean, when's the last time you ran into a Gergeshite? <laughs> or <laughs> a Canaanite. Or a Perizzite. You know, they, <laughs> these people have disappeared. All Israel's contemporary tribes that were in Canaan have disappeared. Yeah, in the Bible you see all these are trying to destroy Israel. Today yeah. they're all gone, and who's left? Who's left? The, how is it that you can point to a, a specific individual and, and say, that is a Jew? Or he will say, I am a Jew. Well, it, there's no explanation except for God. I'd like to conclude our reminiscing about our past 100 programs with an excerpt from a sermon series we presented entitled Psalm 2, The King is Coming. 
As this excerpt begins, I am concluding the presentation with an illustration of the meaning of the cross. My wife and I have a devotional every morning, have for years. We pray together and we always read a devotional together. About five years ago, I read a devotional that so profoundly impacted me that I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I'm going to, have, I'm going to share this with as many people as I can until the day I die or you come first. I'm going to share it and share it and share it because it's one of the greatest illustrations I've ever run across about the meaning of the cross and what happened there. Back in the 1850s, when the gold rush occurred, thousands of wagon trains went across this country to California. And there were many things that the wagon masters feared. They feared getting to water holes that were dried up or polluted. They feared Indian attacks. They feared such things as plagues, which often wiped out an entire wagon train. Probably the thing they feared the most were blizzards, which also wiped out entire wagon trains. But certainly one of the most fearsome things that they could encounter was this, the prairie fire. They would look on the horizon and see smoke. Maybe there had been a lightning strike. And the wagon master, who knew nature well, knew that there were only minutes to save the wagon train. Because those, those fires often traveled at the speed of 50 to 60 miles an hour. You would be in Kansas. The grass would be this high just as dry as it could be, and you could see the fire coming, you knew you only had minutes. And the interesting thing is that although wagon trains often encountered prairie fires, there is no record of any wagon train ever being lost to one because there was a certain way of avoiding it. Here's what would happen. If the fire was coming from this direction, then the wagon master would go around to this side and he would light the grass and let it burn away. And when it burned away sufficiently, it'd take the wagons and he would circle them inside the burned out area and they would take the fabric off the top of the wagons and wait for the fire to come. And when the fire came, it would just burn around them and keep on going. Now, I submit to you, that is one of the greatest illustrations you can find of what happened on the cross. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, every sin that you have ever committed and every sin you will ever commit was placed upon him. And the wrath of God, which we deserve, was poured out upon Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you step into the area where the fire has already fallen and you become immune to the wrath of God. What a glorious Savior! What a glorious Savior! And anyone who understands that must live every day with the shout of Maranatha, Maranatha, Maranatha in their hearts. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Thank you and God bless you. Well, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you. I want you to know that you have been a blessing to us. We appreciate your messages of encouragement, your prayers, and your donations. I hope you'll be back with us this next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Our featured singer on Christ and Prophecy is Jack Hollingsworth of Acts 29 Ministry. We've compiled six of our favorite songs in a new DVD album called Jack Sings. Jack and his wife Sally minister in word and song wherever they're invited. 
The two songs that you heard in today's program are included in this DVD. Jack Sings is available for a gift of $15. Call today and ask for the DVD, Jack Sings. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.